0: Hi, welcome to the Mama Advocate Podcast. This is a safe place for adoptive and special needs mamas to feel less alone and find community amidst their unconventional journeys. Here, you're going to find authentic conversations for me and my guest who are parenting fully in the weeds with you. Our goal is to empower and encourage you to be the best mama you can be as you advocate for your people. Hello, amazing mamas. I'm really excited that you're here today and listening in to Mama Advocate Podcast Um, this is going to be a really fun episode. I have no doubt because we have sweet Katie King with us and we have been told, maybe she's not been told as many times as I have been told that I need to meet her. I need to know her, need to hear her story. People from all over the country have told me about her and you should just get to know Katie King. Do you know her? Let me connect you with her. I mean, it's insane. So I know this is going to be amazing. I cannot wait to hear her story. Katie is a mama and is in school and taking her lived experience and making it into something wonderful and so i'm excited about her sharing that today um katie will you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your family
1: yeah um i think i have been told about you as many times as you've been told about me um i've heard about you in every email conversation and when i went to dc for a conference um and even voxer on my phone gave me like this audible alert that it shouldn't even do that laura hernandez is on voxer do you want to chat i'm like okay yes yes <laughs> We want to chat, obviously. Um, So I'm so glad we finally got to meet in person um, a couple months ago, and now get to talk today. Um, Yeah, I'm Katie King. Um, My husband, PJ, and I live in Waco, Texas. Um, We have five kiddos. We adopted our first three from foster care um, in Texas in 2011. Um, They were eight, five, and one when they came to us. Um, after that, we also had two little boys biologically. Um, so right now everyone is, uh, let's see, 20, 17, 13, 10, and seven. So that's where we are today.
0: Okay. And this has been a long, a long, exciting journey. Um, and one of the reasons I think people keep trying to put us together is because you also have kiddos with FASD.
1: All three of our adopted kiddos are suspected to have FASD. Yes.
0: What was that? process like for you kind of getting to that, that point. And just to clarify for tuning in for the first time, um, FASD is fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. It is different than FAS, which is fetal alcohol syndrome. Um, Fetal alcohol syndrome has a very small percentage of the overall population of those who have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. And with the FAS, you have the facial features, but the rest of the diagnosis codes on the disorder spectrum do not have facial features. So there you go. Just wanted to throw in that little caveat so people know what we're talking about. Go yeah. ahead.
1: Um, yes, yeah, so it was a long winding, sometimes disastrous road um, to get to even where we are today. Um, when we were looking into adoption, um, we kind of looked at all the options, You know, international domestic infant and landed on foster care. Um, it was an incredibly fast process for us. Um, I think from the time we made the first phone call to, um, to CPS, to find out about an information meeting to the time the kids were in our home was six months. Um, so that is even faster than a pregnancy and we had no children. Um, and so then we, we all of a sudden had three kids in our home. Um, during our training, we, we were not prepared at all for the reality of caring for kids from um, from traumatic backgrounds and kiddos who have had prenatal exposure to drugs or alcohol um we were told this is so great y'all are amazing and loving all you need to do is love these kids and everything's going to be fantastic um you know maybe a little adhd thrown in there but i'm a super organized type a person so i was like great i can organize this to within an inch of our lives. And I can handle ADHD. No problem. Um, I do remember when we were going through training, we had one slide on reactive attachment disorder. Um, and it was, Hey, there's this thing called reactive attachment disorder. Don't worry. None of your kids will have it. Okay. Next slide. Um, so that's different than FASD, but it kind of plays in there too. Um, I don't remember any information about prenatal substance exposure um, in these kiddos, even though um, there's a study that came out last year that indicates that about 80% of kids in contact with the child welfare system have a number of symptoms associated with FASD. Um, Our conservative research-based estimates on FASD right now are one in 20 Americans. Um, So that is not something that is rare. Um, but we didn't know all that back in 2011. Um, so we get these kids in our home and we are all just, we're all a hot mess. Um, my husband, and I just didn't know anything other than like how to like keep humans alive. We did not know how to care for these kids, um, and all they had been through. Um, so we really, we just kind of struggled along, gritted our teeth. We're like, okay. They told us, you know, six months, okay, well, we got there and then a year and then, well, you know, eventually when they've been with you for as long as they were not with you, that's the magic number. And so we just, we just kept going. We just kept pressing forward in life. Um, We thought it was a really great idea to move across the country, um, like a year and a half after the kids came to us. Um, Also, while I was surprised pregnant with our first kiddo,
0: that's exciting. Wait, I wanted to see really quick. Can you kind of clarify? Because I think I was told this too, there's like this magic number of like how long they've been with you until what, until what were you told?
1: Uh, we were told, um,
0: I think I heard both like, well, half the time.
1: So, you know, if your kid's four, give it two years. If your kid's eight, give it four years, or maybe, you know, if you're really unlucky, if your kid's eight years, we'll give it eight years. And when they're 16, everything
0: will be, you know, sunshine and rainbows. And it was that, was that in regards to attachment or was that in regards to development or just the Uh, smoothness of life? It was, yeah, just,
1: just things being smooth and normal, I think, I think was what people really focused on, whatever normal means. And I'm not even sure about that today.
0: (laughs) Okay. It's good to know. It's interesting to hear that that theme kind of runs through a lot of, a lot of our story. So yeah, I'm not really sure where that
1: piece of information got started, but I don't think it's particularly accurate. So
0: I agree with you. And maybe yeah. it is with kids that just come from hard places and not have the alcohol exposure, but maybe, yeah. Not um, sure. Anyway, you yeah.
1: moved across the country. Yes. For my husband to go to seminary in North Carolina. Um, and it was during that time I was homeschooling our three kiddos and had our first newborn. And we were, you know, we are dumb parents of newborns. We were making all the newborn mistakes but we also had three older children. So it was a lot. Um, but it was really during that time where I was homeschooling them. It was really intense. We were really isolated. I started to realize like, you know what? I don't think it's getting better. I don't think anything's changing. Um, and so I really started to I started to Google just everything I could possibly think of. Um, And I kind of landed at that point on the theme of, okay, well, our kids have special needs. And that was a big thing to, to come to terms with. I wasn't even quite sure what it meant, but, you know, I could conceptualize, okay, special needs, this isn't something that you, that you work your way through and heal from and everything's great. It's, it's probably a chronic thing, a lifelong thing. Um, and so I just kind of took that information just kind of sat with it. Um, things didn't really get better, but it it gave me a little bit less of a mental load, a little tiny bit less of, you know, I probably can't just work my way through this. I can't, I can't love them enough. I can't classically homeschool them enough. I can't, um, feed them enough gluten and dairy-free food to make this all go away. I did try all those things, but that didn't work. So after my husband finished his degree, um, we we really had an understanding that we needed a whole lot more support to keep ourselves afloat. Um, So while we had planned to move overseas for him to um, be a pastor, um, we thankfully came to the understanding that we we couldn't do that. Um, And so we just kind of crash landed back in Waco where we had both grown up, um, where both of our families still were. And he went back to software development and we just kind of tried to figure out what life meant. Um, and it was around that time that our first kid was really starting to go through puberty and that really shifted a big balance for us. We're going through that for the third time right now. And we've, we've really learned that, um, going through puberty is really hard for these kiddos that have. Fragile brains. All kids, we've all been through it, get kind of slammed with this hormone roller coaster, and it's really hard and you do all kinds of crazy things. Um, but our kids whose brains have already had a lot of um, a lot of damage, a lot of trauma, they really struggle on this hormonal roller coaster. Around that time, 2015, we started the endless cycle of um of inpatient placements, residential placements. We also had our fifth kid because, you know, it wasn't crazy enough. We thought, you know, what would make this better? Another newborn. (laughs) Um, He is a delight and a joy, and I'm so glad we had him, but it was also a crazy time. (laughs) Yeah. um, So we started with our oldest just um, in and out of inpatient, in and out of residential, really digging into community-based services and trying to find therapists and spoiler alert, there weren't Any that were helpful, Um, so we we kind of kind of did that for a while, and it was in 2017. So about two years after we'd moved back to Waco, and we were just really really struggling along. um, I came across FASD for the first time, and what it felt like to me was we'd been trying to do this you know 5,000 piece puzzle, um, but we'd only been given 3,000 pieces. And we needed, we were trying to put together the whole puzzle and it was not working and learning about FASD was like, somebody finally handed me those other 2000 pieces that we needed to have a complete picture of what was going on in our family. It was completely game-changing because it really helped us to understand like, oh, our kids have brain damage in specific ways. that's, That's causing all of these wild behaviors and struggles and things that just make no sense to us. So that was a huge turning point for us. And then I was reading as much as I could possibly get my hands on about FASD. And I remember reading this article and it said, okay, you need to find a provider who understands these things, you know, take this list of things to them, ask them if they can do these implementations. And I was like, where on earth am I going to find a provider who knows this? We had a fantastic, fantastic psychiatrist. um, And that wasn't, he wasn't really, going down the FASD route with us. Um, And it just kind of occurred to me. And I think the Lord really led me here that with my nursing background, I could be that provider someday. I talked to my husband about it and he's incredibly supportive. Um, After a long journey of, you know, applying and then the pandemic really threw things off. um, I started grad school in 2021 to be a psychiatric nurse practitioner And I'm just over halfway through it right now. And in August, 2025, Lord willing, I will be a psych nurse practitioner. um, And I plan to focus on families with FASD or kiddos with FASD. And
0: you will have an endless list of clients.
1: I think so because um, yeah, we all, once we start telling our stories, we just, people come out of the woodwork and there's so, so many of us on this
0: journey. There really are. I love that analogy of the puzzle that makes Yes. That makes so much sense to me because it does. It feels like you're in a dark room trying to figure it, figure it out. And then someone flips on the lights and you're like, oh, yeah. everything makes sense now. And not that that makes it better, but it gives you so much more grace and compassion.
1: Yeah. Because it it didn't magically flip a switch and everything was easy for us. It's, it's still not easy. Every day is hard, but we're no longer like banging our heads against the wall, doing things that will
0: not work for
1: us or our kiddos.
0: Yeah. Have you struggled with you or your husband struggled with resentment towards your three, just like with having to like completely change life plans on moving back to Waco instead of whatever journey that you thought you were on?
1: Um short answer is yes. There's been a lot of working through resentment and, you know, thank God for meds and good therapy. Um, we I think we'll always be on that journey a little bit. Um, you know, the resentment was really never. I want to say it was never directly toward our children but we had been let down by a lot of adults who knew better. We when I started digging into the literature I found that you know while trauma informed was a newer buzzword back in 2010 when we were getting started um there was a lot of information about trauma informed care, attachment and even about prenatal substance exposure. We'd gone with a Christian agency for adoption that we really trusted um and I do not Feel that they were particularly honest with us about what what we should have expected. Um, I know now that our story is not rare; that we weren't just, you know, wildly unlucky or the worst parents in the world. But really, we're we're more of the norm than the exception. And so there was a lot of working through. You know how how could these people that we trusted with our family's life, our children's lives, how could they have withheld this information from us? Um, And, you know, we can't go back and change that. Uh, Really, it's come to grasping onto the fact that God is sovereign, that he brought us these particular kids in this particular time. And even though it has been incredibly messy and challenging, um, that this is where, for whatever reason, this is where he wants us to be. I will probably always be working through that um, in therapy and in prayer, Um, and I, I hope that, you know, and the reason I'm in this line of work is that we can really start to change the narrative that, oops, you got unlucky. (laughs) Sorry about you. (laughs) Adoption was supposed to be, you know, balloons and rainbows and flowers, but not for you. Um, I'm really hoping we can change the narrative and help people have a much clearer understanding of what they're stepping into so that we can avoid a lot of that unnecessary
0: resentment. Beautifully put. I think that I... I can see why people feel like we need to be friends because I'm like, yeah, I feel like you're telling my story.
1: Yes. Yes. And I feel like every time we probably both of us talk to anyone, it's, it's so much the same story. Um, And it really, I don't think it has to be this
0: way. Yeah. It's really heartbreaking. A side note of the FASD respect act, if that were to pass Mm. and foster care agencies and adoption agencies would have to educate people on, and fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder and what it looks like and what can be done about it. Yeah. The interventions and all of those things. So I, i feel very hopeful about that. Yes. But maybe so we yeah. just
1: put a plug in for everybody to contact your congressional reps and senators and ask them to co-sponsor the FASD Respect Act. Um, it's really going to be a game changer for FASD funding and strategy. Um,
0: so yes, please uh, ask them to support it. Yes. Thank you. Okay, I want to know what, like, looking back, where you are now, what has been like the biggest, the biggest support, the biggest help along the way?
1: Yeah, um, we have had times of incredible support, and we've had times of not much support. Um, you know, I, I have to say for sure, um, our family has been a big source of support. Um, it, it took several years to get to that point because, you know, my husband and I didn't know we were doing, it looked like we just had these wild children that we needed to get control of. Um, we needed to do better, be better. Um, it took all of us a long time to come around. Um, but we, we do have really supportive family members. And another super unique thing that we got to experience was, um, a couple of years ago, I want to say 20, maybe 2017, um, we were in a church, and we're friends with the pastor, who was incredibly, incredibly supportive of our family. Um, and he gave us the space to um, to share our story, to talk with the church, and to invite the whole church to partner with us um, to try to keep our family a little bit more intact. Um, and so, what we did was we set up a group me, and we just gave. You know, the, the link went out in an email to the church that anyone who wanted to opt in could opt in. And at one point we had 80 people in that group, me, and it was phenomenal. Um, It really saved our family during a really, really challenging time. Um, I could put on the group, me, Hey, we're having a crisis. Can someone come pick up the younger kids? And there would be so many people who responded to that, that we would have three or four cars out in front of our house in five or 10 minutes. And we, you know, we'd send people away because someone had already picked up the kids. Um, and it was just a time that of incredible, incredible support when we needed it most.
0: I'm trying to hold back my tears right now. (laughs) I know me too. Me too. That's beautiful.
1: It is. It was really the church
0: being the church for us. Oh, I love that so much. I, it's rare for us to have I make the make up that this is kind of often a story that because our kids are so difficult and challenging for people to step in and do anything, they don't know what to do. So, yeah.
1: Um, and, you know, part of it was being really vulnerable and, you know, some days I felt like, man, should I really post again? We just posted for the last 17 days in a row that we need help. Um, you know, out of that group, me, people brought us meals for three months in a row when we were doing nothing but managing chaos and placements. Um, and it was just. So phenomenal that I didn't have to think about feeding my family every day. And, you know, I I think, I think people really enjoyed being invited in to this because in general, people want to support adoption and foster care, but you're right. They just don't know what to do. So when I can say, can you pick up my kids and keep them until 8 PM tonight? Well, yeah, you know, that's not burdensome for anybody. And with so many people on board, a lot of people helped us, but nobody was overworked, particularly, you know, everybody can chip in once or twice a month.
0: I just, I love that story. What an encouragement.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love that you had that. Yes. Did you manage all the placements and research and all of that on your own, or did you have an agency helping you do that? We sh- we should have had an agency,
1: but uh, yes, we've managed that on our own. <laughs> yeah. Um, it has been whew, a lot of trial and error and learning and Yeah. Um, no, we did, we did not have help with that.
0: It was just all you and all of your research.
1: Yes. Um, I think I'm kind of a professional Googler at this point. That sounds exhausting. It is exhausting. It's, um, it's constant advocacy, which I know you have so many people on here talking about. Um, because at the end of the day, everybody else can close their door and go to bed and get up the next day. And, you know, they can interact with us or not. Um, for my husband and myself, it's us. Like this is our circus. These are our monkeys. The ring is on fire. We've got to deal with it.
0: (laughs) I love that. That's really funny. It does feel like that. Yes. Is there anything else that you want to share? Um, yes, I want
1: to put a plug in for, um, parents, caregivers, taking care of yourself, um, and really seeking out mental health treatment, um, you know, experiencing secondary trauma through what our kids have been to and experiencing primary trauma from what's going on in our homes. Um, it really messes up our brains. <laughs> and I went through a really dark season when we had decided to move back to Waco. And as we were moving back, um, just really, profoundly depressed and anxious. Um, it got to the point where my husband and my mom got together and said, Hey, you can go to the doctor for meds, or we can take you to the doctor for meds. So which would you like to do? Um, and I wanted to keep my dignity intact a little bit. So I took myself to the doctor. (laughs) Um, and I, I complained to him. I said, you know what, you know, my circumstances aren't going to change. Like what kind of magic pill are you going to give me to make this go away? And he's, well, obviously that's, not what he tried to do, but he did explain to me how our brain chemistry changes. And we just sometimes need that extra chemical support to get us back um, in a place where our brains are just better balanced, better regulated, um, and more able to take on the challenges that are endless. I've also gone to therapy um, on and off for, oh, probably 10 years now. Um, And so I know it's just impossibly hard to put yourself first and to get away but there's a lot of um you know psychiatry and therapy online now so even if you have to like sneak into your closet and lock the door to talk to a provider um i would really really encourage parents to do that
0: ah yes and i feel like it makes everything else i feel like the medicine helps take the edge off yes for us um, mm-hmm. as it does with our kiddos Yes. But then also processing all of the feelings and emotions with somebody who's outside that has an outside view and can help calm you down and reassure you that you're not crazy. I think has been absolutely life-changing and it's worth that time away, like to get away and the effort it takes to do that mm-hmm. is like tenfold that effort. So, and rewards. Yep. I'm grateful. I'm really grateful for you. I'm, I'm so glad about the work we're going to do together. Yes, That's I know. Great. I'm excited. Hey, I'm so glad that you joined us today. If this episode blessed you at all, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with others? This, as you know, will help other mamas find us and in turn will bless them. Hey, thanks so much for trusting us with your time today.